The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello to everyone tuning in. We're a Boston Celtics fan site that covers everything Celtics from the latest trade rumor to that other trade rumor to the Nets pick and how exactly Danny Ainge got his free Chipotle for life card. Honestly, no one really knows. The pod covers all the same topics our site does, but a little more freely and from a weekly point of view. The best part of it all is that we're talking about it from a fan's perspective. We'll cover last week's games and major storylines, as well as a look into the week ahead. We'll change things up as the show evolves, so let us know what you want to hear if something comes to mind. I'm Topher Lane, here with Mark Allison. Mark, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Good. Uh, how's your week been? Pretty pretty solid. We've, uh, you know, it's uh, been an up and down week for the Celtics. Um, yes. So, you know. All over the place. Uh, that has caused the Celtics to drop from the two seed. Here we were this entire time talking about can the Seas catch the Cavs for the one? And then we find ourselves at three, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. Meanwhile, right, Washington's just been plugging along since, like, the beginning of January. They've been on quite a run. Yeah, they've been playing out of their minds. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're playing, like, historic basketball, too. I saw a stat that said uh, the Wizards are the first team ever to be 15 games over 500 after starting the season, like, two and eight. Wow. Yeah, because they start. Yeah, that's right. They started the season awful. I mean, even worse than we did. Remember, we had a, a rough start, but we were more of a 500 team. But yeah, yeah, we were kind of sticking around, going like one and one every every couple of games. Right, right, right. The Wizards were really, they, they couldn't find a good rotation to work with. Their bench was awful, and they've, they've kind of bolstered their bench with Bogdanovich at a trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wizards, do you think we can catch up to them? Do you think this is something that maybe we should be worried about, that we're not even going to take the two seed, let alone the one? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's something to worry about, but I mean, um, at this, if you look at the schedules coming up, we do have an advantage when it comes to, um, you know, what we're looking at. Even even take the teams out of it. We've got 11 games at home to finish out the season and five on the road, and they have, like, almost the exact opposite with six at home and 11 on the road. And um, But even beyond that, if you look at some of the games that they have to play um, – They've got a pretty tough schedule coming up. They've got, let's see, they start with Minnesota. Um, who else do they have left in here? I mean, we play each other next Monday. That's going to be a huge game, and that's going to be a big factor, obviously. But they've got some tough back-to-backs, too. They've got Chicago and Charlotte this weekend, Brooklyn followed by Cleveland the following weekend, um, Clippers and Lakers back-to-back. They still play Utah again. They pl- still play Golden State. Um, a couple of games with Miami in there. So, I mean, they've got a pretty tough schedule. Whereas if you look at ours, I mean, we're talking about, um, where are we here? I mean, you know, it's, it's, we've got Washington. Um, we got another matchup with Cleveland. Um, Chicago today, a couple, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota is a solid. But, I mean, most of these games we're talking about, we got, you know, Philly, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Orlando, um, Brooklyn, New York Knicks. I mean, uh, 
So I, I think in that regard, we, we have the advantage, you know, in terms of what we're looking at. Plus we got a lot of games at home, but um, even still though, I, I think it's more important that we, we just like, they're playing pretty good basketball going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to drop off at all? You talk about the Wizards? Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll see. Maybe uh, uh, if they had a few t- string of tough losses or something. But, I mean, they've, they've got a really good team. They were supposed to be a really good team last year. And, um, they, you know, last year they kind of flunked out. But um, it looks like they're back now. Definitely want to touch on – you kept saying back-to-backs. I, I heard that they're, they have 18 games in the month of March. Mm-hmm. Um, and a significant portion of those are on the road. So they're going all over the U.S. Uh, playing these games, and it's over the course of like 30 days playing 18 games. They've got so many back-to-backs. They're going to go into April just completely drained. Yeah, I mean, you wonder how much, like, you saw, like, how much will they rest, guys? You know, how much will the Celtics rest, guys? You know, how much, how important is that second seed to the two teams, you know? Or or the first seed, rather. I mean, either one of these teams could overtake Cleveland with mm-hmm. with Love out, and they're going to be um, opting to rest LeBron here and there. And, um, you know, because they don't really need the home court advantage as much as maybe we or or the Wizards do, you know? So maybe that's not as important to them. And and how important is it to the other teams? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't – It's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you look at even out west with Golden State and, you know, San Antonio resting. I mean, what obviously they want the one seed, but, I mean, does it, do they really care when they're both going into a game against each other and sitting all their stars? Well – and we won't go too far into this, but in the West, I feel like if the Warriors fall to the two, that could jeopardize their chance to make it to the finals because then they have to go through Houston. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, right. The second round. Right. And I think Houston is an awful matchup for them, especially <coughs> especially if KD is coming back mm-hmm. from the injury, um, as he's kind of predicted to. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll have a problem first round. I don't think, regardless of where they fall seed wise, they'll have an issue first round. But as far as the second round goes, I think they can handle the Clippers or the Grizzlies much better than they can handle a team like the Rockets. Um, and then the, the Spurs series will just be, that'll be a boxing match. Yeah. After the conference yeah. finals. Mm-hmm. But uh, my question with the Wizards is how important is that rest? Because, you know, we've talked about it. They don't have a great second unit. Um, so they can't rely too much on their bench. If they rest their starters, you would like to think that it, it, it will really hurt them in whatever game they're playing. Um, so my question is how valuable is rest to this Wizards team, especially going to this like really grueling March and, uh, kind of end to the season where they, they're really pushing for the playoffs, pushing for a higher seed, um, whether they take the one, the two or the three, I think they're definitely going to fall top three for sure. Um, because they just seem to have found the pieces and they've bolstered their bench, um, as well as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think they're a scary team. For sure, something that we really didn't think about heading into really 2017, um, and since since it turned to 2017, they've been just a nasty team. Yeah, I mean, they the, now here's something interesting. So the Wizards are a dead even 15 and 15 on the road, right? This is a, a 41 and 24 team, so obviously, you know that they're a 500 team on the road. Um, but with with that said. Just a week ago, or just over a week ago, uh, no, it was a week ago, March 5th, they were 11-5. and five. They won their last four road games in a row, <laughs> their last four games this week. I mean, they've won five games in a row, but that's – so I, I don't know that we can say that they're a 500 – like, they're obviously playing better now on the road than they were earlier this season. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how much the two teams value it because you figure if they do land – the two and three seeds. It seems like Toronto's kind of, um, you know, dropping off a little. Um, like there's a little space now between what, what are they back? They're they're s- three games back from the Celtics. Yeah, well, that Kyle Lowry injury really hurt. Yeah, them. I mean that's I mean that's obviously the the factor there. But um, so if you know being three games back, I mean they're not out of it certainly, but mm-hmm. you know it's more likely that they don't catch up. So if we have – so basically we're, we're going to – we'd be playing the Wizards in round two if both teams made it to round two, obviously. Um, either way, it's just whether or not which team has home court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of 
I mean, let's talk about injuries, all right? Because there are just so many injuries to stars um, and just this kind of concern with rest. Uh, we saw it against the Spurs and the Warriors, um, or not against, but in that matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I asked what I should do last night, and you were saying, well, you could watch the reserves of the, <laughs> the Warriors and the Spurs play. And uh, I walked through the starting lineup with my friend, and we recognized, like, three names. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just did not know who was playing the team. Right, because uh-huh. they sat, they sat, this is last night, they sat Green, Curry, Clay Thompson, and, um... And Dray- um Actually, I think those are the three at the end. That's Iguodala. it. Iguodala also. Iguodala, that's right. I knew there was a fourth one, yep. Yeah. So, essentially, they're starters, yep. Yep, and then meanwhile, uh, Kawhi Leonard was out with a concussion. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has arrhythmia. Yeah, what, um, so, I, now, I didn't, I only saw this, brie- you know, briefly, but what, what is it? What, what... Uh, I, know it's, I know it's a heart condition, but is it is this like similar to what you know Chris Bosh had with like the blood clots and stuff? It's um, my understanding of it, um, and I actually dealt with it earlier this year. My dad had uh, arrhythmia. It's basically just your your heart just starts beating really quickly. Ah, uh, okay, um, and all you right. Can't really control it. So what they did, you know, they try and get it to slow down, and then mm-hmm. if they can't, then they just like kind of give you like a couple shocks to the chest, and mm-hmm. then. You, Corrects it. Oh, to try and to set it back into. All right. Yeah. And then so is he supposed to miss himself. significant time here? Or? Well, so he's he's slated as he's out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. But once they get it figured out, they'll probably give him like a week to kind of make sure that it's stable. And then I would yeah, get sure, right. I mean, especially I mean, they're going to be resting guys anyway, so I don't think that they're gonna, you know, I don't think that they're gonna go overboard and try to bring him back. You know, yeah, exactly. I think you know, worst case scenario, he's back by April. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, is this a blessing in disguise for the, for the Spurs? Cause it gives them the ability to rest Aldridge, um, and right. gear up for, for kind of the, the push for whether it's the one seed or whatever they're trying to do, um, come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, injuries, Kevin, Kevin Durant, uh, we just talked about LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard is out with a concussion. Is J.R. Smith back now officially? I think he came back on Friday or Thursday. Yeah, and then Bogut, like sixty seconds into his Cavs <laughs> career, goes down with that injury. You know, it's so funny because not that it's funny. I mean, not that it happened to him, but I was arguing with a lot of people about how Bogut. I thought he would be a great fit here, and everyone kept bringing up he's always injured. He's always injured. well. Why don't you know? It's it's still worth a shot. Blah blah blah. And then he goes in. You know, sixty seconds in the game, I said, "Up, oh, yep, everybody wins." I, I was wrong. <laughs> Well, Kevin Love's still still sideline, and we're hearing that uh, Larry Sanders might be uh, in the midst of agreeing to a deal with the Cavs. Yep. Um, and we've been—I mean, just in in like our Google chat, we've been talking about Larry Sanders because I think we're all intrigued by the concept of Larry Sanders. Right. But yeah, I don't know if anybody actually wants to gamble on him. I just don't think that I can't see him being a factor. The guy hasn't played in two years, not this year, anyways. Like, yeah, I, I, is that guy really going to be playing big minutes in the playoffs for anybody? I mean. Maybe like you know ten fifteen minutes, and he comes in and he's you know, um, a you know a, a big beast inside. But I I just can't imagine him just coming in and and playing well. Like I, I can't see him having a big role on. But I mean I, I I guess it's possible, you know. But I don't. That's why I didn't think that the Celtics were going to get him because first of all he's he's not a great fit for our offense. I mean he can, he can only score within five feet of the basket. And um, and he just hasn't played in two years. I mean, the, the word was after he came in to work out with us back in January that he wasn't, he didn't look good, you know? Like, so, I mean, and then, you know, whatever. He's been, it, it just seems like, too, he's been trying to promote himself this whole time. You know, with his little cryptic tweets and all this yep. other stuff. And like, oh, heading to here, taking pictures in this jersey. It's almost like he's trying to drum up the interest in himself you know, to make some interest in him, even though there it probably wasn't as much as he thought. And I can't tell if he's doing a good job, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it feels like he's maybe getting teams to be kind of interested in him, you know? Yeah, right. Um, so it's, I don't know what's going on. It, like, <coughs> he's pushing all the stuff. Like, you sent me a, a tweet that he had, like, a Celtics shirt, like, Boston basketball shirt on. It was a Snapchat or something, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's just all this all this oh. stuff. And it's like, how, what's he trying to do? Is yeah, he, he did that in the middle of... He did that in the middle of last week, and then is was that from his first workout, or did he come back and work out again? I mean, that's pretty that's pretty wild. Or Danny Age just be like, oh, he does look good in that. Yeah, maybe I should right. sign yeah, him. Maybe you know? I should, right. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, left in the free agent field, uh, you've got Omar Caspi, who was waived by the Pelicans after he was traded from the Kings uh, in the boogie deal. Um, Justin is a huge fan of, of Omar Caspi. Uh, Jared Salinger is still on the uh, on the wire if we want to grab him again. Um, but that seems like you got Celtics fans who are like, yeah, bring back Sally. You got Celtics fans who are like, no, I refuse to take Jared Salinger back <laughs> on the squad. I like we said so much shit about him. I know. I'm not putting it back on here. It, it's like I, he's he's not as bad as in the rap like like he gets. Like, you know, he was a good player for a while. Yes, he was, you know, not in shape and, and whatnot. But it's like every time, you know, he was a good rebounder. But every time I think of Jared Solinger now, I go back to like last playoffs and just all I think about is him launching up three pointers and me screaming. Yeah. That, and, and them just <laughs> clanging. I remember, I remember being at the garden for, I think it was game four. We actually won that game. And he, I remember every time he took a shot, everybody in the audience like booed before he even like released the ball because no one wanted him to shoot. Yeah. Oh my God. But that's, I mean, I guess, I think that's the play at the end of his tenure there was the reason why everybody remembers him so poorly, you know? I uh, see my memories of him right now are more recent. I mean, I remember that and I, I just kind of pushed it out of my memory. But when he's with the Raptors, I have like this like Jay Crowder, <laughs> kind of Jay Crowder um, after the Gordon <laughs> thing happened where I'm just like offended by the fact that he was cheering so hard for DeMar DeRozan when he was wrecking us in the fourth quarter. Oh, uh, right, like, right. Come right. on, Jared. Like, yeah. he, he was like wearing like a ridiculous like suit and stuff. And he was just <laughs> so hard for, for the Raptors. And I was like, this is your old team. This is the team okay. that drafted you. You spent like four years here. Come on. You wouldn't even be here. Oh, yeah. tiny bit of respect. <laughs> but no, he was that, that hurt. I, I feel like Jay Crowder after the after the um, Gordon Hayward incident. I feel like I should start tweeting angrily about Jared. I, I missed my window. Yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a rough week for the Celtics. Um, finished one and three. Two and three. Uh, Two and three, right? No, one uh, and three. It was the Suns where it was lost, then back to back against the Clippers where we lost again mm-hmm. after killing it. At the first oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the game before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... win against the Warriors, which is not the one that I think anyone thought we were going to win. Yeah, lose again uh, yeah. to the Denver Nuggets. Um, Isaiah Thomas after the Suns game because that and Celtics fans probably have been pushing this out of their memory of uh, we lost as the Suns scored five points in four seconds to win it at the buzzer. And on the inbound, after they tie it, after, is it Brandon Knight who had just the insane under the basket? Uh, the drive there? The yeah. one, the, like, up and under? Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so, like, they do that. Then on the inbound, Crowder, I guess, hesitates and then tosses it in. IT bobbles it. It goes right to uh, the Brandon Euless, I want to say. And he um, who? Yeah, it was Eulis that hit the three because it's the same guy that uh, it and him did uh, a jump ball earlier in the game. Yeah, that the two smallest guys ever to do a jump ball against each <laughs> other, the, the five nine guys. But yeah, and it was Eulis that that hit the three at the end. Yeah. So after that, it blames Jay, and you and I were kind of de- you and I were on Jay's side. It seemed like it was kind of ridiculous that Isaiah it was. It was just there was really no point for him to say that, you know. I mean, like and. and he just he he said I don't know what he was I forget exactly how he said it but he said I I don't really know what Jay was thinking it was like he hesitated and then threw it you know and I mean I, I, even if it was Jay's fault I mean why would you even say that I don't know no. I can't imagine I can't imagine doing that but what are you gonna do Yeah because I mean I when I think of the Celtic squad I think of team chemistry I think of this team as just getting along right. so well and I just think of like I I don't think of. I can't remember the last time that there was like chemistry issues, mm-hmm. even through like all these trades and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, like all the trade chatter. Yeah. I feel like everyone's been composed and everyone's been the same team. They've all been working together no matter what through the hard times, through the good. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just us making a bigger deal out of something that's not really a big deal. I mean, it just seemed funny for him to say, you know, but maybe they're close enough that like Jay doesn't really care, you know, like whatever. Yeah, well, then he continued it. He continued mm-hmm. kind of this post-game chatter after the Clippers game the following night. Mm-hmm. And like I said, leading by a wide margin at halftime um, over a, a really good squad of the Clippers. 
And then after IT says like, oh, well, Brad Stevens made some yeah. interesting choices. You know, yeah. you know, I can't believe that he made those lineup choices and like stuff like that. He started criticizing yeah. Brad. Right. It, it's just, I don't think the criticism is the problem. It's just, just doing it in the front of the media. Like that's, you know, like what, what's the point of doing that? Like if you didn't like his lineups, why don't you just tell Brad, what were you doing? You know? Yeah. and Because I agreed with him. I mean, those lineups were, you know, bananas, but still, um, it just, it, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a case of just, you know, learning to be a better leader or something. But that, that was kind of, yeah, definitely off-putting. Well, it's a side of Isaiah that I feel like we just haven't seen. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's always been like a part of this team. And to me, it seems like he's like adopted the role of being a leader, which I'm glad that he has. Yeah. Cause but he's doing so where I feel like he's almost putting himself above other players. Right. Yeah. I think you might be right there. And that, I mean, to me, that's, it's not a huge issue, but right. it's something it, that I feel like hurts the chemistry of the team, which is something that's really important to me as a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's right. Like like you said, that, that's what we've known from these Brad Stevens teams. They've always overachieved every year, and um, part of the reason for that is because they they're they're a close knit group and they play together well. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was dismissed well. It was handled well by everybody. It doesn't seem like there were any issues. Um, albeit, it was a rough week. You know, I mean tough road trip tough way to lose against the suns and then to lose that game really in just the second half against the the clippers you know we take the win against the warriors it was a great win but then we go and lose to another bad team mm-hmm. in the nuggets so yeah. it's just a rough week and i'm hoping that heading back home will you know bring some uh, apart the rest between mm-hmm. you know, this road trip and to be back home from the west coast road trip but i'm hoping that that will kind of help everybody kind of calm down catch their breath, and then kind of regroup before right. kind of the last leg of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of this, too, and speaking of uh, the road trip and everything, I, I thought this was funny. I saw this the other day, and um, Warriors fans, I, it, was a, it was a blog on, like, a Warriors, you know, like Warriors life, say, whatever. It was, you know what I mean, similar to our blog. And so the, so the name of the title of the article was The Anatomy of a Scheduled Loss. And the whole article was talking about how that game against the Celtics was essentially uh, a scheduled loss on their calendar for like, like they were going to lose that game, like because of all the road and on the road. Meanwhile, they're at home and we're on the, um, you know, on a, on a five game road trip. And they're talking about that being a scheduled loss for the Warriors. And um, I guess, I guess they have had a pretty murderous stretch, whatever, but can you imagine like Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, you someone telling them that there's a scheduled loss on your on your um you know coming up next week. You guys have a scheduled loss. They'd probably score sixty points. Yeah. I mean that is like I couldn't. And then all I could think, and then on the comments, so I'm saying, wow, this guy's gonna get murdered in the comments down here because if so, if one of us wrote that on our blog, we would get torn apart. And then I go down there and it's like great article. So da, da, da. and I was like, is this real life? Like what is this? Oh my! I just thought that was crazy. I almost wrote a blog post on it, but I, I don't know. I, I should have probably. Response post. Yeah, like, but what the hell? Like, who? I, yeah, even if you did have a murderous stretch, who calls, like, a scheduled loss? That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh. especially for a team. I was, I, I looked at their schedule, and, I mean, they lost the, got blown out by the Spurs last night. Granted, they, they rested four of their five starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their only starter that was still in the lineup was Zaza Pachulia, so not the not the best player. <laughs> Zaza. <laughs> not, not your, yeah, not your go-to guy. Um, but yeah, they. Uh, I'm, I was amazed to see they already have 14 losses, which I mean that sounds like nothing, but like you know they had nine all right, and they yeah. improved their lineup. You know, yeah, with Durant, right right. and uh, they had already had nine, I believe, when KD was sidelined, maybe eight, but mm-hmm. even then, like they. They're on the track of uh, doubling their losses with what a lot of people would say is an upgraded team. Yeah, no, that, no, for sure. So I, I don't know if that's like an indication of anything um, because I remember back like at the end of free agency or really basically 4th of July when Durant made that decision, everyone said it'd be a formality uh, of a season to, to get to another rematch of the Warriors and the Cavs in the finals. Mm-hmm. And right now there's not that much certainty for me. Like I feel like 
the Warriors could totally get knocked out by the Spurs, the Rockets. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers actually no, somehow right. come the full through. strength Clippers team is pretty good. I mean, they're, they're, they're Chris Paul is no joke, you know. Yeah, and uh, I'm not really worried about. If I were a Warriors fan, I wouldn't really be worried about the Thunder. Or yeah, they... I mean, right. That's kind of a you know you you take what you get from uh, Westbrook and then just try to stop everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I. I kind of wonder, um, you know, how this team looks coming finals, the Warriors, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also on the East, like, I think the, the Cavs, who are a team, I, and I know they step up in the playoffs, and it's not fair to, to measure, you know, how they've been playing during the regular season, especially with the injuries that they've had. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like they're underperforming with the lineup that they have, with the roster that they have. Yeah. And especially the paycheck that they have. You know, I mean, yeah, right, right. They, they, have, they, they have like twice our uh, roster. I mean, our uh, yeah, it's unbelievable the amount of money they spend. Yeah, but so, they, our Celtics teams did it when we were contending too. So. Yeah. So, um, kind of big news, um, but it's not something that's out of the ordinary. Markel Fultz uh, from Washington declares for the draft. I was kind of talking about it last night with Justin um, regarding whether. I want him on the team. Isaiah said that he thinks he's a good fit. He's kind of the presumed number one pick alongside Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah said he'd like to play with Markel Fultz. He thinks he'd somehow fit on the team, even though he's a point guard. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on, you know, I mean, obviously the Nets pick is a lock for top three pretty much. Right. Um, it's got the best chances right now of being number one. If we fall number one, do you want Markel Fultz or do you want to look some other direction? I, I want Fultz. If if we get the first pick, I want Fultz, and I want to keep the pick. Um, I think that I think he like Isaiah's talking about. He can fit together, and I I think he's right because he could potentially, let's say, you know, whatever. Let's say he was in the starting lineup, like eventually, him and Isaiah. He he can Isaiah could be, essentially be the point guard. Fultz could be the shooting guard because he's six five. So on the defensive end, he can you know he can guard some of these you know bigger guards. Um, and it wouldn't matter who brought the ball up, whatever. But, I mean, obviously the issue is we have too many guards on the roster, and they would have to be, you know, some kind of move in the future. But I think if you drafted Fultz, you can play him off the bench, ease him in the same way we did with Jalen Brown this year. Um, and then you have decisions to make next year, you know, when you get to, you know, we've got Bradley, we've got Smart, we've got Isaiah, we've got to, ex- you know, I- Avery and Isaiah are both going to be up next year. So it would give you a year to at least figure out what you're doing, you know. Maybe you make a big move at the trade deadline and they'll load somebody, you know. Um, but I, I think you take him because he's the best player regardless of the fit, you know. Teams are saying that he is like a possible future NBA MVP. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I'm not a, a scout, so I, I, but from what I see, this kid looks like stellar, you know. And I don't care that he's on a crappy team and they went nine and twenty two, you know? Yeah, that's that's where I have my issues. Yeah, no, I and I understand that, you know, but I mean look at um but Ben Simmons wasn't on a good team last year, you know. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play yet though. No, 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 but I'm I'm, I'm saying in college though. I know, and I, and that's what I'm saying, is like we Oh right, the, the the jury's out, obviously, and if he's any good, right. Yeah, and like my concern and I was I was talking to you guys about it last night. Um I'm not sure if you saw what I was saying, but like we, with like guys like Kemba Walker, you know, I saw him in the Big East tournament and I knew he was going to win the championship mm-hmm. and I knew he was going to be a good player in the NBA. I don't think he's like an MVP candidate, right? Uh, but you know, I knew he was going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Anthony Davis and you can, you can find lists. Steph Curry, for instance, led a much worse Davidson team. Yes, you're right. To the final four, mm-hmm. like, maximize the tech. He's like a Brad Stevens, but on the court. You know, he maximized every bit from his teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and Markel Fultz, who's like the presumed number one pick, can't win more than nine games. Like he was putting up the stats, but he wasn't bringing the best out of his teammates. And that's not mm-hmm. a really, that's not a horrible Huskies team. You know, that's, I, I don't think that the roster around him is that awful that he shouldn't be able to win enough to like yeah. at least be on the bubble or something or like anything like if he wants to, he could probably carry that team, but I don't know if he was just trying to stuff the stack column and just wasn't playing as a teammate. I, I didn't get to watch enough games to like really right. decide, you know, why they were losing as much as they were. But 
I mean, he was putting up these insane stats. No one else on the team was. And so that's an issue for me. And and Ben Simmons, because I think Ben Simmons was the first player to get drafted first overall who didn't make it to the NCAAs. Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and so we have yet to see him play in the NBA. Right. Um, and see kind of what his career spans out into. But I feel like he and Markel Fultz are kind of the same idea of like, how much can they actually maximize the talent around them? And is it just a fluke in that, you know, he just couldn't do it with this Washington team mm-hmm. and then we find in the NBA? Or is this something that's something that will... Yeah, is it, yeah right. Yeah, it's good. definitely going to be interesting to uh, to see for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's... I, I You know the thing that gets me too about Fultz? Why did, why Washington? What was the... Why did he go to Washington? Do you, do you know? No. He's from Maryland. So it's like... You know, it's not like he's from Washington State or something, but I don't know. I thought that was strange. I mean, in spite of having an awful season, it's going to work out for him. He's going to be top three regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, for, so for sure. If the, if the Lakers get that first pick, it's almost a lock they're going to take Lonzo Ball just because he's the flashy point guard, and yep. Magic Johnson will certainly yep. take him. Yeah, and so it's – um, I mean, he <laughs> wanted to have these opportunities to do whatever he wanted to do. Maybe he wanted to be on, like, the 76ers of the NCAAs. Mm-hmm. And be able to put up whatever stats you put want. Up, yeah, pile up some numbers. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I it, it just when you have a guy like this who is, and I don't know if if he was like the number one recruit coming out of of, of high school, but no, I don't think so. But even if he wasn't, you would have have to think that some of these big teams were interested in him. I mean, you know, like the Dukes and the North Carolinas. Yeah, but, it's possible. I I just um, to me, I feel like I. Not that like I need a guy who's on a championship team, mm-hmm. but I feel like you just need to find a guy who who a, a winner uh, essentially. Like yeah. I mean, right? It wills games to wins, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean it's total. It's a it's a it's a good argument for sure. I mean, it's it, it and we'll find out, you know, sooner or later. Yeah, and obviously where we fall in the lottery will change what our conversations on this are. Um, if we have an option to choose between people, if we fall at like three, or um, if we even fall out of the top three. You know, we'll be maybe talking about guys like Josh Jackson or some other, some mm-hmm. other group of maybe even a different position type of player. So uh, that can change any time between the next month and a half. So mm-hmm. um, other minor storylines: Dirk, uh, best German player ever, thirty K club, joins yeah. the thirty K club. Um, I, I think I've just been kind of expecting this for a long time because he's just always been just this machine. Yeah, right. yeah. Now he's developed his very own style of play, um, and yeah, he's he's a great player. I'm I'm happy to, happy for him. Um, kind of happy that he's probably going to finish his career with the Mavs. It sucks that the Mavs are a rough team. You know, I wish mm-hmm. that the Mavs were a better team, and I feel like roster wise they should be. But um, I don't think he's going to see another playoff game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, hopefully he sticks around for another year, but and they can actually put some guys around him. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad to see. I guess I, I always like Dirk Nowitzki reminds me. Dirk Nowitzki's like with the Mavs reminds me of Paul Pierce with the Celtics. And you know, had we hung on to Paul, it w- we probably would have ended up in this same kind of situation where he would have been on a middling team, you know, at the end of his career. But I feel like the Mavs fans appreciate Dirk the same way that we appreciate Paul. And then they they came in the they came in the same draft. Um and like they both won their team a title. You know, they were arguably well, Dirk was definitely the best player on his team, and Paul was you know, either him or Kevin, either way, he was finals MVP. Um led his team to a, a title. But both of them had good teams where they should have won more than one too, you know? Like they it's almost like they they both kind of came up short. But um I, I don't know. I just I always the way that they appreciate Dirk, I feel is the same way that we the Celtics fans appreciate Paul. Yeah, definitely. All right, well anything else you want to hit on in terms of like storylines? Um oh, one other one other thing from the not to keep bringing up the Golden State game, but um so, all right, you remember the three-pointer, Steph Curry buried the three-pointer at the end of the third quarter and, um, you know, was pointing and going crazy, trash-talking <laughs> He Jaylen. started like, I don't even know what he was doing to Jalen. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, whatever. He had the big shot, you know, so it's, you know, obvious, you know, whatever. It, you didn't score again the rest of the game, but anyways. Um, so, it, you know, but it seemed kind of out of – out of place for him. I mean, Curry's a showboater sometimes, but I, you know, you don't really see him, um, 
taunt somebody, especially like a rookie like that. It was kind of kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the game, Jalen's saying that he didn't even say anything to him, right? So you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, why the hell, you know? So why would he be doing that? He was doing that little hand motion, like the like he shut him up, you know, like you've been talking, whatever. So I, so I went and looked back, right? I was like, well, we've only played them once this year. They blew us out back in Boston. So I went to to go look into that. And I think I figured out why Steph Curry was targeting Jalen Brown. Um, in that game, they blew us out. And in the middle of the third quarter, um, they went on like a 20-something to four run. And Stevens took out all the starters. And Jalen and a bunch of the other bench guys played out the rest of the game. And um, after, and so while the, you know, while they're hitting all these shots and everything, the Warriors were going like crazy with these crazy, especially like Zaza was doing this ridiculous dance after he hit like a wide open jump shot and they're up like 26. And, uh, you know, that was on our home floor, whatever. After the game, Jalen, Jalen played pretty well. It was one of his first, like, you know, he's played extended minutes. I think he played like 20 or 25 minutes in that game. And, uh, and he played well. And um, so reporters were talking to him after the game, and um, he was talking about how disrespectful it was of the Warriors to act that way when they were up so many points and all this. And I think that is where Steph Curry's, uh, um, you know, um, antics, I think that's where that came from anyways. Have you checked to see if Steph is following uh, Jalen on Twitter? I didn't. I didn't. That's a good idea. Wow, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) See, I, like, but you know what's funny? Like I couldn't find anything anywhere of any reporter asking Steph Curry why he did that. I I, don't, I just thought that was bananas. Like why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you ask him about that? Especially since he didn't score another point after that. Don't you think that was kind of a big moment? Like <laughs> yeah, I, don't I think know. Yeah, the Celtics reporters were just too focused on on the, the big win, right? It just kind of got lost in the shuffle in terms of like, no, but, but uh, I, mean, I, I, I think I, Warriors reporters were just like, no, we don't want to touch this game. You know, we just want to, yeah. <laughs> want to go on and to it, the next one. And nobody even asked Jalen about it. it. It was, they asked Isaiah about it and Isaiah's comments were, well, they don't do that when Avery's guarding them. You know, like <laughs> it was funny, but you know, they, they never, no one really dug around to find out why he was doing that. Even though everybody had something to say about it the next day. I just, I don't know. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, I thought that was really good defense by Jalen to like stick with him that long. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he had like the, the pump Jalen. Yeah. He, and he, then he, he got him on that last pump and, and you know, it was a tough shot. I mean, big shot. I mean, you yeah. Know. And, and it put them up. Too. They were down one. It would, they would have been down one going into the fourth and said they were up two, you know, yeah. and riding some momentum. And uh, But, yeah, then we yep. put the, the ratchet of the chains on them. They, they, they got locked up. Yeah, well, let's uh, hit the recap, right? So we talked about a little bit earlier, one in three week, um, and we touched on the Phoenix game, which is how we lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that was a tough game, and I was watching it, and it just looked like we were flat. You know, mm-hmm. it looked like we were just drained. And uh, this was the second game of the West Coast road trip. We started in L.A. against the, the Lakers game, right? Lakers. That was, yeah. Question. Yep. Just blew them out. And I, I was talking to Justin about it. And I was like, well, we're, I think we're going to ride that momentum or we're just going to wreck the Suns. Um, but we just looked flat. It wasn't that we looked like we weren't trying. It just looked like we were just were drained or something. I don't even know what the what the reason was. Um Horford and Bradley are both out with their own injury, mm-hmm. but and obviously that hurts. But yeah, but um, yeah, it just it, it was the weirdest game, and it was the strangest thing to watch. I, yeah, see, I didn't watch that whole game, but I remember I did, I saw I saw the fourth quarter, but I didn't see the whole game. I think we were down what like ten or fifteen at one point in yeah. in like the beginning of the second half or something like yeah, that. Third quarter, yeah. Because I remember you guys were going back and forth talking about the game. And then when I finally got home and I put it on and I saw the end of it, I, I mean, I saw the meltdown there. But, we, we, I mean, we were playing well in the fourth quarter enough to take a – we were up by like six or seven yeah. at one point. And then, uh, and then that total – the thing that got me about the end of that game wasn't even – I get that play happened and that was crappy and it shouldn't have happened. They weren't making free throws. But there was like three plays in a row where the Suns just drove to the basket and nobody, like nobody stopped them. And the, the last play, he made that ridiculous, what is it, Brandon Knight made that ridiculous, you know, underneath uh, move there. But the two drives before that, it was like they played like Matador defense and let him drive to the hoop because they didn't want him to shoot a three. I couldn't understand what the thinking was there. 
Yeah, I was, and I think Brad Stevens. <coughs> Actually, oh, it's Eric Bledsoe. <clears throat> oh, that's right, Brad Bledsoe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what Brandon I is anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it was. Um. I think Stevens touched on it. He's like, I mean, we wanted to let them have a two, but we didn't want to give it up that quick. You know, mm-hmm. it was literally like they inbounded it and they. Yeah, I do. I I do remember him saying that after the game. It's not even, and, and the phrase like cut through the defense like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. Like there was no butter. That he just was like, yeah, he just through nothing. Right. He literally and, had a walk up layup. And you could tell that that was like part of the plan. And maybe they didn't do exactly what Brad wanted them to do, you know, which was he wanted them to score. He wanted them to be shooting from inside, not yeah. taking threes, which I get. But at the same time, it seems like a little miscommunication when guys are like standing there and a guy's just driving right right up the lane and there's nobody comes over. Like he yeah. just laid the ball right up. It was crazy. Yeah, that, that first time was fine, whatever. You know, we were still up. Right. Like, three or something mm-hmm. i think or maybe two i don't i don't remember exactly but you know that was fine whatever we get fouled we go one and one at the line and then they tie it up with that crazy layup by bledsoe mm-hmm. and then the weird inbound Eulis gets the the ball heaves up the three buzzer wins it yeah Crowd goes crazy bench goes crazy criticism from it to jay crowder it's just like I, yeah, it was a not frustrated. I was just such an upsetting way to lose a game. It was it was about yeah. as upsetting as it could have been, right? You were a bad team. Like it'd be yeah. fun if it was like yeah, it, right. It wasn't the Warriors. It wasn't Seth Curry that buried that three. Like, oh man. Yeah, it was Tyler Eulis. Yeah, this guy that like you rookie know, five nine. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like I guess it's good to see an underdog, but like come yeah, on. sure, oh, not, not when it's like an underdog <laughs> on an underdog. Like it's just no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that hurt. A lot, and then um, yeah, these West Coast road trips are tough. That was at least like an early Sunday game, so that was easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we go back to LA uh, oh, for that, cl- yeah, LA right, Clippers. And I, I fell asleep. Like I put it on, I think, and then I <coughs> turned it off at halftime because I was like, "All right, cool, we're doing well enough. I shouldn't have any issues." I woke up and I saw we lost by fourteen. I was like, yeah. "How did this happen?" <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was pretty bad. Okay, so I I decided not to rewatch that. Could you kind of walk me through what happened with like the second half? Well, so we were I want to say halftime we were I think we were up by a few if I remember correctly. But um I'm trying to think of when we had the biggest lead. Was it midway through the third maybe? I think so. Basically well, what time. happened was so they they went they went like they went with they had like their their big starting lineup in there with Blake and DeAndre and they just started mashing us you know and then that's when we went with like that small ball lineup we had a lineup of 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 like Rogier Jordan Mickey um hey hey all right yeah, I, it was it was it was a strange lineup um Mickey was the biggest guy we had on the floor and we were just getting pummeled and that, that like they went on like a like a 10-0 run DeAndre Jordan had like three dunks um it was it was just crazy and they were just getting mauled and um and then like so then when they finally went back to like a more a regular lineup i think we were down like maybe 6 or 7 and then they they just continued to roll you know they're at home they rode all that all the way through the fourth, it was just, and it just got worse and worse. Yeah, <laughs> it just, like, they were scoring every basket was like a dunk. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And like Jamal Crawford also. Oh, and it was, that's how the run started. That's right. It was Jamal Crawford hitting. He hit like, I think he went five of six from three or something like that. Yeah. And he I like mean, rattled he, off three straight. Yeah. Bang, bang. That was how he yeah. closed out the third quarter. Then the big guys came in. That's what it was. They took the lead behind Crawford, but they extended it. When the um when the big guys came in, but yeah. he so I, I think he took through some ridiculous shots and like he took one of those like heat check threes like it's yeah. like like one of those Seth Curry ten feet behind the three point line and it still went. Yeah, so I think that's why maybe Brad switched to that like small lineup was to try and defend against the three and then they yep. realized that they could just they they had they just mismatches right. mm-hmm. in the center and stuff. So yeah, that was um. It's amazing that Jamal Crawford can still do that. I mean, yeah, he's like, what like thirty six, thirty six. Total, total microwave off the bench, like just can come in and change a game with some shots, you know. And he's not as consistent as he used to be, maybe, but he still, still has it, you know. You remember when? Uh, 
I mean, because he's been like six man of the year like three times, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I just remember, I think it was like two or three years ago, he was doing a sideline interview, and DeAndre Jordan comes up and just starts saying like six man of the year," and was just like singing in the oh, interview. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, like he's still a nasty option off the bench. Someone that like I feel like anybody has to watch out for. Yeah, it's going to come up big in the playoffs too. I mean, he can win you a game just yeah. based on you know he can get hot and score you know fifteen points in a matter of you know ten minutes. You know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so that was, I mean, like stat-wise, Isaiah put up his like second straight thirty-point game. Um, Marcus had a good, good outing, twenty-one points, and then you know everyone else had solid contributions. But it just, you know, everything going on for the Clippers just ruined us. You know, their big three was scoring. They had Blake Griffin went twenty-eight and eight, CP three twenty-three-five, DeAndre fifteen twelve, and then Jamal with nineteen off the bench. It's like there was just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I just I, we just couldn't keep up, I guess, in the second half. Um, because like we were killing it up until probably like four minutes left in the third, and then it just suddenly went yep. completely off the rails. Yeah, it was it was Crawford that got it started, and then like they just rolled all that momentum. I mean, it was you know you're at home. That, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, Paul Pierce didn't play, which was sad. Yeah, they, and then they they showed a, the the tribute. They showed a Paul Pierce tribute in L.A., which was full of Celtics highlights because he's never really done anything for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, he really has never been good on that team. Yeah, he's the been only, there for two years, but he I don't I don't remember him doing anything of note. The only highlight that I can think of that's been in his career outside of the Celtics was like that game winner when he yeah, well, for well, the well, Wizards, right? But he played pretty good for those two teams. Granted, maybe, you know, especially particularly in Brooklyn, he wasn't what they thought they were going to get. You know, that they, him and Garnett both weren't quite what they thought they were going to get. Yeah. Uh, they were still, but he was still efficient. I mean, I think he was still shooting close to 40% from three, um, but he wasn't playing as many minutes. Then he goes to Washington, and he was actually really good for that team. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, they had the veteran guy there. Along, you know, Beal and Wall, and and I mean, he he played well for that team. He hit a couple of game winners in the playoffs and stuff. That one where he, he banked it in. They asked him, "Did you call bank?" I called, I called, I called game. game. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's so great. But he had no highlights, and they showed that clip too in the tribute. I called game, you know, and then they they, <laughs> they had nothing. They 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 showed a couple of jump shots, you know, from from the Clippers, you know, like that. That's because that's all they had for highlights from him, you know. Yeah. Because he never really played, you know. Uh, yeah. It's but. Uh, I, I even thought he was kind of amused by it, you know? But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that the Clippers fans weren't, like, too happy about that. I think they recognize that he's, like, you know, a legend in Boston, but... Mm-hmm. But that, um, that, there was a lot of Celtics fans in the crowd that night, too, so uh, he, got his, he, got a, he got a pretty good standing out for that, anyways. Yeah. So. so we move on to our lone win of the week <laughs> uh, against the Warriors. And like I said earlier, I don't think anybody thought that was going to be our win. Like I think, I think a lot of people maybe right. saw two and two, maybe three and one. I predicted right. three and one, but I didn't think we were going to win against the Warriors. Um, turns out one and three with the one against the Warriors. Um, yeah, it was it was a great game, um, and it was relatively even near the end of the third quarter. Uh, we were getting killed through like the first half, mm-hmm. and I, I I was just kind of like resigned. I was just like, well, you know, we're just going to be Oh and three so far. <laughs> I didn't turn it off, but I was just kind of like grand, yep. you know. And then um, come out of nowhere, just start surge a comeback, and then the fourth quarter we completely locked them down. Yeah, I mean the the um, it it was like that the way that the, we played defense in that fourth quarter. They looked like last year's Celtics that mm-hmm. was like prided on its defense. Yep, and and. You know, so, and, you know, part of that is maybe because we had the full, you know, we had the full um, lineup in there. We had Avery, we had Al. Um, so, I mean, obviously that, that goes a long way, but um, even still, like, they just, they they rarely looked like that team this year, and they did in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people say this was Kelly Olenek's best game. I agree. Um, but they're like, this is the first time we've seen him play defense. But I think against the Cavs, I think it was a week and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, he was stopping Kyrie and LeBron. Yeah. No, I mean, not like as prolifically, because I think he pulled down like five steals, right? In in what? In the... Um... In this game against the... Or what, yeah, what, he, he had five, four five or five anyways. Yeah. yeah, so he he had like a... He metrically had a good game on mm-hmm. defense. 
But, you know, he was doing really well against the Cavs, too. I think he comes through suddenly out of nowhere. Like the oaf Canadian dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming through and he's, and he's actually making big plays on the defensive end that a lot of us aren't really recognizing. So, like, mini shout-out to Kelly. Yeah, it, it, he, but again, when he plays like that, he plays so well, and then he can be so infuriating. I mean, we'll get to the Denver game in a second, but he was a non-factor in that Denver game. And yeah. you thought, like, after seeing that, you'd be like, oh, wow. Because if he can play like that off the bench, you know, 15 points, play some good defense, he's a good passer for a big guy, he stretches the floor, and then he'll – he just sometimes he just doesn't – he's not there at all. It's like – it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, let's let's talk about that that Denver game <laughs> as, as little as we can. If, yeah, if it was just, bad. Um, I, I guess <laughs> we got wrecked, right? Lost by 20 to, I mean, I guess they're the eight seed in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's not that embarrassing, but they're like a, they're under 500. Um, you know, you can name like three guys on that team and then you kind of start to like have to look it up. They're not a good team. No. Right. Um, so Jokic is there. He just murdered us. Yeah, they might not be a good team now, but they've got some good pieces. They probably will be. Soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jokic, Jamal Murray. Um, yeah, Gallinari if he stays around. They're, right, they've got a lot of options. Uh, right, future for sure. But yeah, we got murdered on the boards. They uh, they were just trying to fuel up the fans. I don't know how many fans go to Denver games, but like they showed Tom Brady. On the jumbotron yeah, to try to piss every, off every, the fans or something. I don't know every, what that was. Every about. time we were at the free throw line, they would put Tom Brady up on the uh, um, to get the crowd to boo. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, like that's I how, if that's what you have to do to get your crowd going. I mean, whatever works for you, I guess. Yeah. It shows kind of where the Nuggets stand as far as Denver <laughs> sports hierarchy, right? right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They have to they have to feed off of the Broncos rivalries. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, that was that was. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how to talk about that game because. There's just nothing really good to talk about. Um, it, I guess he continued his 20 point streak. He's uh, rebuilding from losing that. I think he's at like four straight now. Yeah. If we feel like counting again. Yeah. Right. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's the only bright spot of this game was like that. I, it scored 20 points. Otherwise, there was just nothing redeeming about it. Yeah. No. Not um, a good game. Maybe I guess the end of the West Coast road trip. It's, yeah, that's uh, right. And then we're, we're we'll be at home today for uh, Chicago. Yes. So let's look at that upcoming week. Um, we've got a relatively easy week um, in terms of like just number of games. Chicago on Sunday, um, the Timberwolves, and then the Nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick predictions. What do you think record-wise? Well, so we have. I mean, I think. Two and one, anything less than two and one is is a failure. But um, I obviously, I'd like to. It would be. I think it's certainly possible for him to sweep the the three games. But for some reason, it, I feel like we've played Chicago ten times this year, and we, <laughs> I feel like we've lost nine of them. You know, even though we've only played them, we this is our. I think this is our fourth and final game against them, right? Yes. Or do we? Yep. Or have we played them only twice? Uh, I, I I know they. I know. We played them. No, this is the fourth game because we played them twice, like the first week of the season. Yeah, we lost split, the first yeah. game. We won the second game, and then we lost that last um, one on the call. And we lost that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and TNT then the last one was that. Right. That was that, that game was on TNT, wasn't it? Yeah. So hopefully today's isn't. Um, ABC. Yeah. Good. But um, <laughs> for whatever reason, they always seem like a tough matchup to it for us. Yeah, I mean that that past game was. Stupid. I mean, Marcus Smart got called for the the foul on what mm-hmm. looked like a phenomenal defensive play, um, mm-hmm. and then Butler gets to basically win it at the free throw line. Yeah, um, with like four tenths of a second left or something. So yeah. yeah, that was that was a frustrating loss. Um, and the they just fell out of the the playoff race for the time being. They just fell out of the eight seed, mm-hmm. the Bulls. Um. Granted, Milwaukee's been playing really great basketball. Yeah, but you know the the Bulls are like five and five in their last ten. I think they've lost four straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've just been really they've been struggling to put it together lately. Um, but everyone's healthy. <coughs> you know, I mean, it's it's probably going to be the toughest game of the week. But well, I think the T Wolves are a tougher game only because they match up with us. They have big guys, and I think teams that have good big guys are 
are like kryptonite to us. Yeah. Because we don't really have, you know, great big, well, I mean, whoever it's fine, you can, but when, when they have more than one, you know, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that Timberwolves team is pretty big. Have we seen the Timberwolves yet this year? Is I the one matchup? So. No, no, we've played them. We've played them because we play them twice. So if we're playing them at home this week, then we played them. I believe we played them already. Yeah, we won by six back in November. Okay, yeah. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns had 18 rebounds. Yes, that's <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, a little <sighs> bit of reason to concern. <laughs> or yeah. be worried, I guess. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they've been playing um, well lately, too. Yeah, they beat the Warriors. That's um, right, yeah. But that, I mean... Like their third straight loss or something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, who doesn't beat the Warriors? I mean, we beat them. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So they they've been playing hot. I guess the Timberwolves. See if they're even close to the playoff mix. They're three and a yeah, half games. They're hovering around. Yeah. The, the eight seed is like really far down in the West. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. basically like yeah. everyone upward of the Thunder is in, and then there's like this like weird fight for the eight seed of like mediocre teams. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The Grizzlies are the seven seed comfortably, five games up on the next team, which is the Nuggets. And then it's, yeah, Nuggets, Blazers are two games back. Maybe your Blazers are going to sneak in. Yeah, maybe. I don't even know what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, it's the weirdest because they've got such a good team. But I know um, they should be a lot better. <laughs> are you sure that the hardest game isn't going to be against the Nets? I'm, I'm pretty sure of that, yes. It's our one I, road game. It, it, that may be the when we start, you know, resting know players. Barclays is always because... a hostile environment. Yeah, the Barclays, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I could see that. I could see them like selling that out just so that <coughs> can just hate on like Danny Ainge and the Celtics. Like, I, yeah. I, I could see us being their biggest rivals just because we screwed them so much, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. But the Nets are playing their best stretch of the year. <laughs> um, uh, two and eight. Two and eight. <laughs> two and eight in their last ten. Yeah. <laughs> that's. Is that how many? Is that like uh, you know? That's eighty uh, percent of their wins on the year or something. Yeah, I was reading. Um, I think it was Bleacher Reports like power rankings, and they moved them up to twenty nine because they won once in each of the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's a winning streak for the Nets. That's like really impressive for them. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, that, that's totally. <laughs> uh, it's been on the shoulders of Jeremy Lin. Yeah, he's back in. Um, I. I, I hope that we go three and zero, for sure. I, I think we should go three and zero, but I mean, at the very least, two and one. I do you mean, think any of the momentum from this past road trip is going to swing over, like the negative yeah, stuff? Do you I, think that's going to swing over to this week? No, I, I think. I mean, uh, as bad as that game was at Denver, um, I, I think you know, coming home, they're going to be fresh and recharged. You know, um, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, but. Um, today's game will be very telling yeah so sunday and then we've got a couple days off to really rest there's no travel we see the wolves on wednesday in boston Mm -hmm. so two straight home games and then we make a short trip to brooklyn um, Mm -hmm. on friday i think so it's a it's a relatively chill week um so the celtics should be able to kind of calm down regroup relax a little bit catch up from the west coast road trip Mm -hmm. um but yeah hopefully three and oh uh this bulls matchup will be interesting it's also going to interfere with uh, Selection Sunday, which is going to be rough for me because oh, I'm like really going to yeah. be like switching channels to go back to that. Yeah, yep. No, hopefully it's not close. Hopefully, like we're winning by like forty. Yeah, uh, that's right. I right. Can just kind of switch off and feel comfortable. Not yeah, because what, what the game is on at three today, right? And three thirty. Yeah. What time does Selection start? Five thirty. Uh, so it might might be over by then. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. Oh, wow, it'll be close. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <clears throat> All right. Anything you want to hit on? No, man, I think we got it all. All right, cool. So uh, are you working on anything cool this week? Not yet, but that's, you know, we'll we'll figure that out this afternoon. Yeah, I'm going to definitely take a look. I, I think I might write something about what's going on with Isaiah, whether it's a good thing that he's kind of adopting this role as a leader. Um, and, like, you know, I mean, the criticism that came this past week, whether it was frustration and stuff like that, I'm going to see if mm-hmm. I can kind of piece some stuff with that together. Nice. Um, but yeah, definitely come to the website, CelticsLife.com. Check out the stuff on the top, all the little links out there. We can check out the merch that we've got, uh, shirts, hoodies, stuff like that. You can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. In terms of the podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and make sure you subscribe to whichever one of those you like so that you never miss any of the episodes. Uh, 
and we appreciate any feedback you have for us we would love if you'd give us five stars uh if you don't like something let us know uh, rather than give us that that measly one star rating we'd love to hear from you you can tweet at us you can email us i don't know however you feel like getting in touch with us uh we use the hashtag celtics life uh, celtic life podcast um so if you want to tweet at us with that we'll be keeping up with that if you have a suggestion um because we're always just trying to bring you guys the celtics coverage that you want the way that you like it we tried a new format today uh if you like it let us know and that's all i got anything uh anything you want to hit on mark no, man. good stuff good stuff all right have a great week everybody go seas and uh hopefully we're three and oh at the end of the week save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details